Hello and welcome to another episode of Minor Details, the official podcast of Flasseria Junior High School. I am your host, Aaron Quevedo, and today I have with me the superintendent of the William S. Hart School District, Mr. Mike Coleman, to discuss the temporary change to our grading policy, the ups and downs of this last school year, and how he got his start in the William S. Hart School District. So make sure you stay with us until the very end. Mr. Coleman, how are you doing today? Uh, it is a great day, Aaron. Uh, thank you for inviting me to be part of this podcast. Well, let's start with something that happened actually kind of recently. Um, as you know, th- uh, a few weeks ago, the Hart District announced that they would be temporarily adjusting their grading policies as directed by the California Department of Education. Um, can you give us a brief summary of what those temporary changes are? Yes. So this year for um, fourth quarter, second semester, we will have a grading policy that um, follows this um, this system. It's A, B, C, credit or no credit. Mm-hmm. And students will have the option of selecting credit instead of a grade of A, B, or C after they've received their final grades. Mm-hmm. And the one other piece is that no student will receive a no credit unless they were failing at the March 20th grading period. Uh, and that's having to do with the fact that this has been really a crazy time for everybody, and it's a recognition mm-hmm. that even though I'm really proud of the work of our teachers and our students on distance learning, it's been harder on some students than others, and it's hard for us to ensure that every student has the necessary supports to be successful. And so we wanted to put some limitations in place so that students wouldn't be um, uh, unnecessarily uh, um, impacted in a negative way. Yeah, and I know you've you've already covered this in um, in a video with our our very own Dave Caldwell. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on it. But uh, can you just tell us a little bit about how what in, what went into that decision behind the scenes? I know there were some uh, California Department of Education things that went into that. Can you uh, elaborate? Sure, absolutely. So the 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 idea came from it was an encouragement that came from the California Department of Education and from the L.A. County Office of Education. These are the the two institutions, two of the main institutions that give us guidance as a district um, on a number of different things. And they they put out some communications that said this period where we've had to rapidly change over to online learning uh, has resulted in some students being uh, unfairly and negatively impacted. And so what we did was we we, we read what their communications were, and then we actually went and looked at what other districts were doing across the state. Mm-hmm. And m- many up and down the coast of California, we realized they were generally doing all kinds, uh, they were generally doing the same kinds of things. They were looking at restricting the number of students that could fail. Um, and they were also um, putting in place, a lot of them were going the credit or no credit option. And so we, we looked at a lot of their examples, and then we talked to teachers and parents and students and board members and asked their opinions about it, and that helped us refine our policy to the one that we have today. Yeah, um, I think definitely, you know, this is a, a very unique season that we really haven't had to experience before, so I know not just for the students, but for the for the administrative staff in terms of ha- figuring out how to handle that, I, I can imagine that's been quite quite a journey. Um, but just to clarify, I know they come under very different circumstances um, 
obviously, but the the difference between a fail grade and a no credit grade is there practically a difference in, uh, of for the consequences of a fail grade versus a no credit grade, or are they practically the same thing? That, that's a very good question. There is a difference, uh, it, and it's especially important when you're a high school student and your grade goes on your permanent transcript. A fail, a grade of fail, it signifies you were given a designation that says you did not meet these requirements. And that stays on your uh, on your transcript and it actually gets factored into your GPA. Mm. But a grade, a, a mark of no credit actually doesn't get marked, uh, factored into your GPA. So a student who earns credit for a course if you're, if you're in high school, we think in terms of graduation requirement. Mm-hmm. And so if you receive credit for a class, you fulfilled that graduation requirement, you no longer have to take that class again, um, but it doesn't get factored into your GPA. And that works okay. the other way too. If you receive a mark of no credit, there's no permanent uh, designation of failure and it doesn't impact your GPA in any negative way. It just simply says, you didn't complete this class, and so you have to you have to actually take that class again. So it's a little bit different than a grade of fail. I hope that okay. makes sense. Okay, that makes yeah, that that's definitely because at first at first glance when you first hear it, it they kind of sound like the same thing, but that well, definitely like the same thing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that definitely clears it up. I also wanted to ask you. Uh, I know as of uh, I believe May eighth when you released the video talking about all of this that uh, we were the district was still in the process of. Uh, with committees and things like that of figuring out how and when uh, parents and students will be able to choose between letter and no credit, uh, credit, no credit grades. Um, mm-hmm. Do we have any, do we have a timeline yet on when that uh, will happen? We just, these are such good questions, Aaron. Um, we actually, what we did was immediately after the board voted on the grading policy, because that's what has to happen. And we have a governing board and they're the decision-making body. So mm-hmm. We came up with these policies, we presented to the board, they actually thought about it over two separate board meetings. And then when they voted on it, then we immediately put together a committee to work out the details. And what I can share with you on that is you will not have to make a decision about credit, no credit, um, until actually after grades are assigned. We're gonna allow students to make those changes all the way through to December of next year. So, and the reason behind that is, um, and not to get too much into the details, but especially for high school, sometimes the question of whether it makes more sense to take a credit or to take the grade, um, you might want to check with a counselor who has a more, a better understanding of, let's say you were taking an honors English course, and that's a weighted grade. That means it carries more weight in your GPA. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's possible that a grade of a B might be better than taking a credit. And we want to make sure that people are well-informed so that whatever decision they make actually is the best possible decision for them moving forward. I should share with you that in junior high, that um, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Junior high does matter. And by the way, I used to be the principal at Placerita, so I have a soft yeah. spot in my heart there for uh, the minors. Uh, but of course, everything matters in junior high, but it doesn't matter in terms of your graduation requirements and your GPA doesn't carry over to high school. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the decision about credit, no credit versus grades at the junior high level is not as important as it is at the high school. I hope that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that definitely cleared, cleared a lot up for me. Moving on to just some more over- overarching things. Um, I think it's safe to say that our school district has been through a lot this year. You know, 
we've had uh, closures due to fires. We had sagas, and now we have this unprecedented period of uh, distance learning. Uh, what lessons have you been able to take out personally from this school year as our superintendent? You know, this being uh, one of your first years. And uh, what lessons do you think that our students in the district should be able to take out of all of these challenges? I think it's such a, a mature perspective to be thinking about how we can learn from this process. There, there's probably a thousand different things that we all can learn, but the one that, that strikes me a lot, both personally and I, I assume that in, for our community, is one of resilience. You don't know what you're capable of seeing your way through until you're in the middle of it sometimes. Mm, and I think yeah. you, you learn more about what you're capable of accomplishing when you're thrown into a crisis and you have to work your way through it. And I think that my heart goes out to the, the students that have had to go through this year. You know, the, the crises that you articulated there really are unprecedented. It's just, you know, just a horrible time. And I wish that, you know, we could, uh, we, we could have avoided all of these things, but we can't. This is where we are. Mm -hmm. And I think having gone through this, we recognize that we're capable of so much more. And I, I shared one example in a recent uh, letter that I wrote to the community that's going out to our seniors. And it was a true story that I was recently looking at some old yearbooks of my grandfather. He graduated in the middle of the Great Depression at a uh, Los Angeles area high school. He wanted to go on to college. He's a very bright student and under normal circumstances would have been able to go on to college. But in the middle of the Great Depression, um, people had to go to work to help feed the family. And mm -hmm. so he went off to uh, work and then eventually, like many in his generation, were, was drafted in the military and went, went overseas for a number of years. And the, and the point that I drew from that was that, you know, there, his youth and the, and the, the experiences of his um, colleagues, you know, uh, his friends and neighbors, and they had their youth affected in ways that they never would have anticipated either. But they they built a resilience that came from having to endure difficulty that helped them shape the world in a positive way. And uh, I think that's the lesson for this generation. You've all been put through some stuff no one would ever have thought we would have had to deal with. My goodness, yeah. we're talking about a global pandemic where people actually are effectively you know required to remain in their home and we transition all the stuff that we're doing who, who would have ever thought about that but you know when we go back when we go through this there's a strength of character you will have developed and i remember looking through his yearbooks to return to that just to finish um, there was a, a class motto uh, that it resonated with his his class and i think it resonates with with your um you know your, your group as well and it was the class motto was that the elevator to success is broken. So take the stairs. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was such a great message and in a kind of in a similar kind of way. It's it's to all of us. You know, the, the normal routine that we had all expected isn't happening. So let's take another route and let's get there. And I'm confident that you and the young people that I know from this district are going to be able to do that. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head there with uh the theme of this year being resilience. Yeah, the the stuff that we that we've had to go, go through this year um just at not even just as students but as as a community just all of Santa Clarita this is the kind of thing that really uh, obviously as you said you never expect but um you know sometimes to draw an analogy for like um like you're 
when you when you begin to work out and go to the gym, you your muscles you're you're not getting you're, the only way you're getting stronger is is by breaking them down repeatedly. You know mm-hmm. when you when you do pottery, you know the only way that that pot that you've made is a beautiful work of art, but the only way it's gonna it's gonna stay that way is if you if you put it through the fire. That's um, right. And you know the it's all it's these processes that you know give us that resiliency and that spirit that push us to go out and then use that in our lives when we do return back to normal and and that'll push us farther than we could have imagined just as we couldn't have imagined the circumstances that we put ourselves that we I had to go through that's a well put well put Aaron. thank you so shifting topics uh, kind of entirely um how long have you been working in the heart district and uh what what path did you take to eventually becoming our wonderful superintendent so this is my 23rd or 24th year. I have to sometimes go back and count um, in education. I think 22 or 23 of those are in the Hart District. I started okay. out as a teacher at Saugus High School. I taught uh, history, uh, modern civilizations, U.S. history and AP U.S. history for a number of years. And from there, I became an assistant principal at Canyon High School. I spent a little time as an interim principal at Rancho Pico and then I started my principal career as the principal with the wonderful Placerita Miners from 2006 to 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really enjoyed my time at Placerita. It's one of my happiest memories during my career. Still have many friends there at Placerita. And um, from there, I became the, the, went back to Canyon High School as the principal for a period of time. And then from there, came to the district office where for the last five years, I served as assistant superintendent of educational services. And so past this past March 1st was the date that I was selected to, uh, to begin as the new superintendent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to focus just a little bit on your, on your time at Placerita. Is there, um, as you said, you, you said that was one of your happiest times in in your career. Can you, can you elaborate on that? Is there something specific that, uh, made Placerita? So I'm obviously I'm a little bit biased, but that made, uh, your experience at Placerita so great? Yes. Should I say Mr. Cass and get some bonus points if I say that? What do you think? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt. I could say that actually working with, with Paul Cass and, and just it's Placerita has such a wonderful factory or uh, faculty and such a wonderful tradition uh, that you just, you feel a sense of the history of being a part of that campus. Mm-hmm. So many, um, Great kids coming through, great families that are part of the tradition of Placerita. And I always felt like that, uh, you know, every school in the district really has this, but especially special, something special about Placerita was that it was a place where people care for one another. It just really feels like students are cared for by teachers. Um, and uh, you, you, you can use the term family, I think, to describe the way mm-hmm. that um, you feel about that campus. And, and, you know, I, I think I might be a little biased, too. And even though I could get in trouble for saying this because now I'm I'm a representative for the entire district, I think Placerita is one of the most beautiful campuses in our district. Definitely, I love yeah. the mature trees. I love all the green that is around that campus. Um, it just makes me smile whenever I have the chance to visit. Yeah, I think I think Placerita is definitely it, it kind of stands out among our junior highs, you know, mm-hmm. um, our, our field is like massive. You won't really find that in some of the other ones. You know, our 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 teachers are incredible. Our our athletics are amazing. Um, you know, we have, uh, I believe, one of the only woodshop classes in, in the district and stuff. So that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think 
the that whole but I think what really does encompass it is that is the idea you're saying of of family and of tradition that um you you can tell like this is it's the buildings themselves have been there for a long time and it's it's just continuing that tradition mm-hmm. before we end I, I do have one more question for you okay. um i know it's there, there's a lot of unknowns right now in terms of the the fall and there's a lot of questions about what what will happen do can you share with us some of the possibilities of how our fall semester is going to uh, transpire yes yeah these are these are good questions i think everybody wants to know these answers so we know that in all likelihood, we will be starting the school year the way that we, in terms of the date that, that we originally had intended. There was some rumor about starting okay. earlier, starting later. We think we're going to start at the same time. And as of right now, our projection is that the school year probably will have a blend of some on-campus classes and some online classes. Now, I want everyone to have a clear understanding. I think all of us, our preference would be to get back to the norm, to get Mm -hmm. back to where everybody can come back to campus. Teachers are working with students and classes. We have all our athletic and extracurricular events. And so all of us are hoping for and pointing toward the day when we'll be able to return and that day will come, but it really will depend upon the guidance that we receive from the county health department about how far we can go in that direction. We don't have the authority as a district or as a board to just simply say, you know what, we're going to return like normal come August, the, you know, come what, uh, the, the, you know, the first day of school. Mm-hmm. We have to abide by the county health orders. And right now, we believe that there probably will be some blend. And it's, we probably will offer options for some families. Some families may not feel entirely comfortable returning at all yet until we have a 100% release from the county health department. And so there may be some expanded options for families that want to continue with online learning. So it'll probably be a blend for most students. And what that looks like, we're working on it right now. Uh, But we will also offer an option for some uh, families that want to continue with the online learning until we have the ability to have everyone return when uh, we can be assured that everybody's healthy. So that's as much as I can share with you right now, but um, we wanted to let you know that we're working on it and we will have an answer uh, hopefully within the first weeks of summer so that people know exactly what to expect in the fall. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I know there's been obviously a lot of rumors floating around and stuff, but it's nice to hear it directly from you know the superintendent. Uh, Mr. Coleman, thank you for being on the podcast. Do you have any final encouragement for our SCV uh, Santa Clarita families? Listen, I just say um, thank you everyone for your patience as we work through some obvious challenges. Um, and uh, thank you for your persistence too. I would encourage our uh, students and families of the Placerita community to finish strong and know that um, even if we have a few more hurdles that we have to overcome, we will get through this together. We're, we're too strong as a community and it's because we work together through this process. So everyone stay safe, be socially distanced, continue to wash your hands take care of one another. And um, I appreciate the chance to say hello during the podcast. Yeah. Well, Mr. Coleman, thank you again for being on the podcast. This has really been a blast. You bet. Hope you have a great day, Aaron. Thanks so much. All right. Well, that's all for this episode of Minor Details. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are available. Once again, thank you to Mr. Coleman for being on this episode. And remember, it's the minor details that count.